guys. Welcome back to the Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we have a very special episode of the Swish Podcast. We have former NCA and now ESPN analyst Seth. Seth, thank you for coming on the podcast. What's going on? I mean, any day I can hang out with two Jakes. Life is good. My dog's name is Jake. So we got three date Jakes in the room. Doesn't get any better than that. So we're going to jump right in. And our first question for you is what got you into sports in general? You jumping in, I don't see you leaving the, leaving the ground. <laughs> I grew up in a family. My dad played uh, college basketball at LIU for the legendary Claire B. Uh, my mom was a cheerleader. She's 94 years old right now and tough as nails. Uh, and it's just, I'm, I'm the third of three boys. And I, just, I grew up with it. You know, I can't remember a time I wasn't involved in athletics. And it wasn't video games back there like, you know, you youngsters these days. You actually participated and sweated a little bit. Um, So as you started, like, developing in sports, like, what were some players and teams you, like, enjoyed watching? I'm kind of like you guys. I was a Knicks and Yankee fan. Come on. Are there any other teams? Get out of here. I'm a Mets fan. You're a Mets fan? I, you know, Jay Horowitz, was the, who was the head of PR for the Mets, was my SID when I was at Fairleigh Dickinson, the great Jay Horowitz, one of the great people of all time. Uh, my my godfather was Mantle Maris's agent, so once a year we would go to Yankee Stadium and uh, and go to a game. And then I was actually in a game, this is well before you guys were even born, when Willis Reed came out of the tunnel, limping in for the next World Championship. So I grew up. Going to Madison Square Garden was a special thing. Uh, there's no, and then when they changed the configuration, and you guys don't know this, the configuration of Madison Square Garden, when you couldn't walk through that middle tunnel, you have to go through the sides now, killed the whole thing. But uh, every time I ever coached in the garden, I would walk to that spot because I remember exactly seeing the captain walk through that tunnel uh, as he came out to play that game. So what got you into more like the coaching side of basketball? It's the only thing I ever wanted to do. Uh, I went to the five-star basketball camp when I was, uh, when I was a kid and uh, heard UB uh, Brown give a lecture at the time he was an assistant coach at Duke university and uh, you know, being around basketball my whole life. Uh, it was something that was kind of, I was in a lot of ways born into and I uh, fell in love with and uh but going to the five-star camp uh, run by a guy named Howie Garfinkel, the people that grew up in that camp, people like myself and John Calipari and Rick Pitino and Mike Fratello, who was a coach. I actually coached Jeff Van Gundy at the five-star camp. I coached Patrick Ewing at the five-star camp. I was there when Michael Jordan, even no one even knew who he was. He was going into his high school senior year. So that camp developed a lot of great players and a lot of great coaches. So you coach for three teams in NCAA basketball, Cal State, South Florida, and Virginia Tech. So out of all three schools, what was that whole experience like, the coaching experience like? Yeah, as a head coach, I was at Long Beach State, University of South Florida, Tampa, and, and Virginia Tech. As an assistant, I started at Columbia University, went to Pitt, went to uh, University of Virginia, and uh, then Miami, where we started the program back. Look, I mean – the coach, coaching just in general, there's, you know, to be on the floor and have an, I, you know, try to create a vision for your program and then try to basically uh, institute that vision and get your guys to buy into each other, 
have a collective responsibility and work hard and deal with adversity and everything that goes along with being a part of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's as good as it gets, uh, you know, and losing is part of it. You know, I always say adversity visits the strong and lives with the weak. Uh, you, you learn a lot from losing. Uh, sometimes you have to learn to lose before you win. I mean, so uh, it was a tremendous, you know, I, I loved coaching. I loved impacting someone's life. I loved helping someone get somewhere they couldn't get themselves. I love to see someone come in and four years later be a college graduate, a better person, uh, understanding with a college degree, having a, a, in a situation where they can, you know, help change their family station in life. So besides developing pro players and winning games, there's a human aspect of coaching that really appealed to me. So what were your two ACC um, CY honors like? Like, was it like getting into those coaching honors? You know, those are team awards, really. I mean, that means your team played really well and really hard. You exceeded expectation. Uh, you won some big games. I mean, those are years that you know, we swept Duke and Carolina one of the years. We, uh, you know, uh, my first year in the league, we won eight games. We were picked dead last. Uh, but, I mean, that's a reflection of so many people working so hard. Uh, it's a nice honor. It's something they can never take away from me. The trophies are sitting right behind me in my office. But uh, – you, you don't coach to be coach of the year. You coach to impact lives. You, you coach to try to create a vision and then make that vision become a reality. So uh, they were nice, and it's uh, something no one can ever take away from you, but, you know, that's not why I got into coaching. So now moving on, you work now as a slash broadcaster. So what kind of got you into broadcasting? Well, I got fired at Virginia Tech, and I had to feed my family. Come on, Jake. Uh, I, you know, I, I was a journalism major, a broadcast journalism major in college. And, uh, you know, I loved the game and I, I had opportunities to do some things in the media when I was still coaching besides my TV show on campus. I, I did some different things. And, uh, because of those opportunities, uh, someone recognized a little bit of something in me and look, I don't take it for granted one day that, uh, you know, the opportunity has been gave me, but, uh, it's great. I get the best seat the house for the best games I and mean, it doesn't get much better than that i'm you know part of college game day working with tremendously talented people the producers the directors the research people uh everyone that goes into making the show uh it's it's incredible and uh, i'm honored and, and very fortunate to be part of it so our next question for you is what has your experience been at espn that's great it's it's great it's just a great team is what it is. It's a great team with really good people that really care about what they do, take pride in what they do. And, you know, you don't become a worldwide leader if you're not good at what you do. And, uh, you know, everyone there just uh, so helpful. You know, when I came to work at ESPN, uh, you know, I was a basketball coach. And, you know, these people taught me what's good TV, what's bad TV. And, you know, the biggest thing is, like, I have no agenda when I do what I do. Uh, the game tells you a story or the season tells you a story. Uh, players tell you a story. Uh, you know, 33 years of coaching, you know, I see the game through a, a prism that maybe a normal fan doesn't see. And it's my job to kind of, you know, give people an idea of what, what is really happening. Not what they think is happening, but what is really happening. So with the season just starting, what do you say your top five right 
Yeah, I mean, it would be easy to say it's, you know, you look at it just from the other day, you know, you'd say UCLA, Gonzaga, Kansas, Duke. Uh, and, you know, you could you might be able to throw Villanova in there right now, even though they lost at UCLA. I, I'm, not, I'm not as high on them right now in this moment in time. As other people, a sleeper team, I think Tennessee's playing at a really, really high level. I think they're going to be a team that's going to be really dangerous. Uh but I, you know, I think that Kansas playing without John Wilson, that was impressive. Obviously, UCLA with their great win uh, against Villanova in a, in a terrific basketball game. Duke is so much better than people realized. Uh, you know, they were. Uh, they, you know, they were, and Gonzaga played at a very, very high level uh, the other night uh, in their win against Texas. And then. You know, the fifth one, you know, I know a lot of people are going to keep filling over in the fifth spot. And, you know, I guess they didn't do anything to lose that, you know, sexiness or, or the success that they had. But, uh, you know, I think that, the you know, in a, in a big picture, Michigan could be in that conversation. I think the two best conferences in college basketball, the SEC and the Big Ten right now. Uh, I do think that. So I'm actually a UConn fan, which is actually surprising since I'm from New York, but um, they're starting off strong 2-0 and they're ranked for the first time in, I think, four years. So any thoughts on how they're going to do this year? Yeah, I think they're really good. I was actually uh, just spoke to their team uh, last week. Um, they heard I was going to be on the show, so they invited me over to speak to them because they said, if I can be on Swish, I can, I can, I can speak to their team. I don't know. It's just a rumor I heard. I'm not sure if it's true or not. But uh, – but no, I think they're really good. Their guard play's got to be solid. Their front court is—they've got the most athletic, deepest team in the Big East. Uh, RJ Cole's got to be solid. Gaffney's got to play a little bit more aggressively. When they get Hawkins back, I think they'll have another jump shooter. Uh, I think they're really good. I think they're a top ten, top fifteen team. For me, I'm a Syracuse fan. So, what do you think of them? They make a lot of shots. Didn't you listen to us yesterday on TV? They were on TV last night. You I, were probably watching football. No, I, I actually couldn't watch. I couldn't watch the game last night. Oh, you couldn't watch the game? All right. All right. I give you a whole pass. Uh, I, they're really good offensively. I don't know if they have a shot creator. It's going to get them easy shots. Buddy Beheim is really good. Jimmy is, is really competitive. Joe Girard's got to, got to play well for them. Um you know, Cole Swider is going to be a good player for them, another shot maker. They're a really good shooting team. They're going to have to rebound and uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to have to, in the zone, they've got to be a little more active. But they're going to, have, I think they're going to have a good season. Not many teams can really shoot it like them. So, what are your thoughts on the front running teams, such as like Michigan, Gonzaga, UCLA, Villanova? Well, I mean, I just said UCLA is really good. I call them, they have more floor gamers than anyone in the country. Uh, and, and look, they returned all five starters. Uh, so Cody Riley, obviously, he's he's hurt right now, but he'll be back. Miles Johnson transferred from Rutgers. Uh, what I call floor gamers, that means guys who can make shots and also make plays. Uh, Tiger Campbell has really got a toughness, especially down the stretch. I think they're really good. I had a chance to watch Michigan practice and uh, – when you have Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks, you've got a great leader and a terrific post player. Caleb Houston is a freshman who can really, really shoot it. Uh, I think they'll be uh, a team that they, they're really efficient. Uh, Gonzaga, Drew Timmy, everyone talks about uh, Chet Holmgren. That, yeah, Drew Timmy is probably the most productive and efficient player in the country. They got Rashir Bolton, who transferred from Iowa State. 
gives him another experienced guard to compliment Andrew Nebhard. They'll be very good. Villanova's got two super seniors in Gillespie and uh, Jermaine Samuels and a toughness and a culture and an identity. It's hard to, you know, to question. Uh, and Duke has Paulo Bencaro, who uh, I think is, is most physically ready freshman in the country. And Trevor Keels, another freshman, is a physical, physical guard. And Wendell Moore has gotten really better. He's had triple-double the other day. He had 15 and five assists the other day. Uh, they'll, be a, they'll be fun to watch. So you just mentioned a few of those freshmen like Holmgren, um, Paolo Banchero, and then you, like, you also have like Amani Bates. So out of like all the freshmen, who do you think is going to be the most successful this year? And who's like your favorite guy to watch? I don't have favorite guys. I watch them all. I don't get paid to have favorite guys. I, have to pay to, I, I get paid to tell people who they are and how they win. Uh, it's ba- Paolo Banchero. I, I called them Banchero also. I made a big mistake. Don't do that on TV. Next time you're on TV, make sure you say Banchero, all right? All right. Uh, you know, Banchero, to me, is the most physically ready. Uh, he's really, um, he's, you know, he's 6'10", 2, probably 30, uh, physically strong, can shoot it. You can run him up, put him any which way, lets the game come to him. Holmgren is, you know, kind of a genetic freak. He's seven feet with a seven-seven wingspan, but he's only 190 pounds. He will give them shot, you know, uh, the ability to protect the rim. Bates and Jalen Duren, uh, they should be seniors in high school. They reclassified. Both of those guys should be seniors in high school. So, and both of them are really good and can help Memphis. If Memphis takes care of the ball, they're turning it over about 23 percent of possessions, which is not good enough, especially for the competition they played. They take care of the ball. They could be very dangerous. And, and Bates and, and Jalen Duren will be part, part of the reason. So what's, who's your favorite all-time college basketball player? Oh, my favorite all-time basketball, college basketball player? I don't know. When I was a kid growing up, Ernie D. Gregorio and Pistol Pete. Today, I don't have favorites. Uh, all the guys that played for me. Those are my guys. Jamon Gordon, who played for me at Virginia Tech, just went into the Virginia Tech Hall of Fame. Zabby Nadell's already in there. Lucius Harris and Brian Russell, who played 12 years in the NBA, are uh, in there. Reggie Cohn, who was my point guard at South Florida. Uh, you know, the guys that played for me are my favorites because those guys believed in us and our vision. All right, so with you being a coach, there were definitely probably some other coaches you looked up to. So would you, would you say you're – who like your idol coach was like guy. Well, the, the two people had the greatest influence on me is Larry Brown, who I thought was the best teacher I've ever seen. When I was at Long Beach state, he was the head coach of the Clippers. And, uh, I used to go to their practices all the time, went to their training camp. And uh, uh, he was just a magnificent, magnificent teacher. Uh, and then Terry Holland, who I worked for at Virginia was kind of my mentor. And I, I'm a big believer. Everyone has to have a mentor, someone that kind of, help guide them through life. And Coach Holland was that for me. So we're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. There's like probably three or five of them. And our first ones, what's your favorite game you've ever reported? Just all time. Oh, I don't know about reported. Uh, you know, favorite game, my, some of my favorite games as a coach, rapid fire, when we won at Kansas, won at Duke, and won at North Carolina. So those are my three favorites because I coached in those games. You know, when you, know, when you report on the great venues in college basketball, you know, I've been in them all, you know, Rupp Arena, Allen Fieldhouse, which we also won that. We won at Allen Fieldhouse as well when I was at Long Beach. Uh, you know, those are some of the historic, you know, Cameron Indoor, the Dean Dome, uh, Pauley Pavilion. Uh, you know, I've coached in all those places. And uh, 
those are all great facilities and great traditions. Do you have a favorite um, hobby outside of basketball? Besides my family, uh, I got three girls. They're a little older than you guys, so you're safe. Uh, no, uh, besides my family, uh, I play golf for competition now. I enjoy to compete in golf. Uh, I used to play some tennis. I do a lot of walking with Jake the Wonder Dog. He said, I told you we had a third Jake in this thing. Uh, so my probably my other, my other favorite hobby is just uh, – I walk about 10, 12 miles a day, kind of gives me a chance to kind of think a little bit uh, with my man, Jake, the wonder dog, but I play a lot of golf. I, I like to, one thing about golf, it gives you a chance to compete. And that's when you're coaching, you know, I played, I played in college, played in high school. I coached for 33 years when, you know, you need something to raise your temperature and, and golf is that because you can play against someone else. So I think that's going to basically wrap up our interview for you, Seth. Thank you so, so much for hopping on our podcast and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Jake and Jake, this was a blast. This, I am honored to be part of this. It's the swish, right? Yeah. It's a, it's nothing but net. You two guys are nothing but net. <laughs> Thank you. Seth, make sure you guys check out the episode and others. Thank you. <laughs>